0: Welcome back to the UK and Ireland Jets podcast. It's been a while, but we are back and we are back with a German twist. Today we are joined by Henry alongside a new voice from mainland Europe. John, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, guys. Hi, guys. So
0: so there's not much has changed since our last recording, other than the fact that the Jets have a completely new look. So, guys, what do you all think of the new Jets uniforms? Um, I'll kick it off when I first
1: saw them I straight away like the white and the black ones I think that's kind of the general view of the public the white and the black um the green they are growing on me I don't know though I've never really been a big fan of the green I'd say so that's partly why but two out of the three I like so I'd say a good job
2: I'm actually totally in love with the black one um I did like it, even as as soon as they were linked and uh, they they were leaked on Facebook. Um, I like the black one, the green one. I'm fine with it. Like it, it doesn't get me crazy, but it's okay. And the white one is, in my opinion, a little bit boring, simply because it bears bears the color white, and I don't like that. But well, they they're okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean green is always a difficult color isn't it i mean I, the one thing i took mm. from it was yeah. the last green was a bit of a sicky like pale green that wasn't very exciting where this new green is a bit more vibrant is a bit more gets in your face it yeah. should look better on the, on the tv as well
2: yeah
0: yeah and i think
1: the feel to the jerseys i'd just say like people have been saying like oh they look like college uniforms or like uh, Canadian Football League uniforms but in a way I kind of like that it's like a change we haven't seen that before it's vibrant it's kind of more fun in a way which obviously doesn't doesn't make a difference what happens but I don't know just something different spice it up I don't know I just like that feeling
2: yeah, yeah. they certainly are something else uh, compared to the rest of the league I mean if you look at the uniforms of uh, for example the Steelers which are outright boring or other, <laughs> yeah, or other um, franchises. We clearly are in the upper level, and that's great in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely, and also like, it's just something new. It kind of symbolizes a new era. What I got from it is it's the Darnold and Adams era. We've got Le'Veon Bell, and now we've got a completely new look. I mean, I was quite under underwhelmed by the logo. I thought that was going to be a bigger <laughs> change, uh, <laughs> but it's all it's all quite exciting actually.
2: It is, it is. Um, it, it was a shame that they leaked the unis before um, because that sort of uh, took the excitement out of it when they finally got confirmed, or at least I had that feeling. Um, but I'm totally on board with you saying that this is a new era and um, that's just great. I mean, I think there was, even if we wouldn't have gotten Donald or all those other um players that make us say that the future is bright um, a new look was necessary after all these years and um, maybe it will help us forget the curse of the butt fumble and all the things that happened recently <laughs> and to a second name of age sort of
0: yeah let's hope so and it did i mean i i braved the late night and stayed up to watch the release Did any of you see it at the time or later on i mean i thought it was quite Quite a spectacle, quite cringy, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, going on, carrying on with the jerseys, I mean, the big question that everyone is asking is what colour and what player? If you were to buy one, what's your advice to all the fans out there?
2: Um, I take the uh, green Darnold simply because Darnold is the Galleons figure of this franchise. Uh, for the years to come, and green is obviously the um the main color of the Jets as well as um our first kit. So I take a green Donald and a black Bell, simply because it looks badass. Yeah. Probably one. I'm not gonna buy a white one simply because I don't need it too high enough. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> what about you, Henry? So I go for a um a black stealth black. Probably Darnold, because I've got a white and a green one already, so it's only right to complete the collection and got to get our future franchise player.
0: Yeah, I was saying to Henry earlier, I said that um, I think the black jersey is great marketing by the Jets because not many people can wear or pull off a green top on every day, yeah. everyday outfit. So now they have a black one where you can wear it on top of jeans. I think they're going to get so many people buying them, and what. Well, Darnold is obviously the obvious choice and I'm pretty sure the one that I'm going to get as well.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the black one is pretty badass. Actually, it's a shame that it is only our third kid. But does any one of you know when they actually play in black? Like what has Mm. to happen that they play the black jersey?
1: I think like so last year, obviously, they stopped Colour Rush but i think it might just be on if you get a thursday night game or you just choose a week it's only going to happen once or twice which kind of sucks cuz it is a nice jersey but
0: yeah i think it yeah i think yeah it will kind of replace the color rush i'm guessing but i don't expect to see it very often at all
2: that's a shame
0: yeah it is mm. but um moving on from the uniforms i mean as i think it was adam said that it's it's only a good uniform if we win in it. We've seen that another free agent signing happened on Thursday night with uh, Ty Montgomery. So Jack Fitz on Instagram has asked that with a completely new running back group, how, how good is it? Is, how good does it rank in the rest of the league?
1: It's good, I'd say. Obviously, Lavion, he's going to be the main guy. I think you've got to understand the Montgomery signing is a good one in terms of uh, if you've watched Adam Gase's offense from last year, he's not going to get I'd say tons of carries. He's more going to be deployed in the backfield, some screens, which I know we all don't like <laughs> after last season, but they'll trust like they won't be as often. And he he's basically again he's one of the players get the ball in his hands and see what he can do. But also I think um, he will be our kick returner. Yeah.
2: Um, I think it's a white, a bit of a white card because we don't know what Bell can do. I mean, yes, he has been great before he set out and everything. And I do actually have faith that he can or that he will be the same player again he was before he set out for more money or whatever. Um, but still, it's a white card. I mean, everything could have happened during that year, um, that he hasn't played maybe he has lost his grooves, his groove, he has lost his hip flexibility, or whatever, and um, one year is a long time, so I I don't really know um, where they are ranked, um, sort of, uh, compared to the rest of the league. I think if Bell fully performs, uh, as well as T.Y. Montgomery, we, we clearly have a top 10 running back group, if not top seven. Um, if but doesn't perform, which I don't think. But still, it's a possibility. Then, here we are, bottom bottom ten. <laughs> mm. Yeah.
0: So, see, the reason, like I, I love this running back group now, and I quite confidently say that easily in the top ten, probably in the top five, is because a lot of shade is being thrown at Montgomery because he dropped a punt last year. Uh, sorry, a kick return last year, and Packers Nation kind of just. That was it. They're done with him. He's a rubbish player. But what a lot of people are forgetting is that he was considered their starting running back. He had he was ranked mm-hmm. 10th in uh, average yards per rush since 2016 amongst running backs. He can be a starting running back in this league. And we have him as a, a backup behind probably the best if he returns to his previous form running back in the league in Le'Veon Bell let alone the fact that Montgomery also adds a receiving threat and can be a special team player. I mean, I actually really, really like mm. the signing. I think it's being underrated by a lot of people around the league.
1: Yeah, well, he was actually drafted as a wide receiver yeah. to start with, so and that was only like three or four years ago, so if he's still got that in him, that will be good because depth-wise, we've got, obviously, our starting three, Anderson, Noomar and Crowder, but after that, it does go a bit down and it'll be good to have someone else who can deliver in the passing game. Yeah, exactly.
2: yeah Montgomery certainly is a Swiss Army knife and that's always good. Um, he'll probably uh, wreak havoc uh, against opposing defences if he is used right. Um, but that's exactly the point where I'm stumbling a little bit. I don't know whether Gaze knows how to use him right. I mean, if I look at Miami's roaster from last season or the season before, he he never had real Swiss Army knives on office often, so it remains to be seen um, whether he can use uh, Montgomery. Right, I don't think he'll be our returner. By the way, I guess I really think that this role will at the end of training cap will be given to Valentine Holmes.
1: Don't really? Andy. Yeah, I, yeah. I
2: don't think he has. To. The snide to beat out Cannon for sure because I don't like Cannon. Like Cannon for me, it was a waste of a pick, Uh, and I think Valentine Holmes will be our best returner.
0: Wow, so that's really interesting. So Valentine Holmes is the guy that was picked up on the international program, former rugby player. Do you do you really do you think he has the potential to go against the trend of most international players kind of crumbling and not really performing at all in the NFL?
1: I think the problem is with the international rugby players there's a lot of them try and become running backs or wide receivers like straight away i feel if we keep this guy just keep him on special teams to start because he is fast he's quick he's nifty stuff like that so just keep him on special teams let him learn let him develop don't throw him in at the deep end like give him the occasional maybe like if we're winning comfortably in the fourth quarter give him the kick return the punt return see what he can do because he does have potential
2: Yes, I agree with that. Also, I throw him in earlier, as I just said. What What is special about Valentine Holmes is he's a hybrid, meaning um, I've watched him over his rugby days. Um, I'm watching a lot of rugby, and I followed Holmes closely. And he does have all the tools you need to be a successful football player. And one thing that was always sort of the trademark of Valentine Holmes. Next to quickness, quickness wh- where his finesse moves, meaning his spins and his um, wheels and his stabs, as well as his ability to hold on to the ball. And that's in today's NFL, mm-hmm. this becomes more important than ever to hold on to the ball. You don't need to make a big cuts constant anymore. You don't need to rush 30, 40 yards down the field to be a successful returner. Make it five and hold on to the fucking ball. so yeah yeah
0: Yeah, i mean the one thing i the one thing i saw that made me think maybe he does truly believe he can make it is that he turned down a five million dollar contract in australia to come join the nfl and you wouldn't do that unless you seriously thought you could make it so Mm -hmm. i mean i'm definitely rooting for him as like an international player as we're international fans i'd love it to see him succeed really would
2: yeah, me too.
1: it will be interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, So, let's move on to the bigger picture, though, rather than on each player. Tom, from the WhatsApp group chat, has asked that pre-draft, where do the Jets stand in the ASE East come week 17 of 2019?
1: I'll, I'll say straight away, so, like, the whole standings, definitely the Dolphins last. They're still putting the Patriots first as well. But not by as big of a margin. And then I think, to be fair to the Bills, I hate the Bills. I'm not even going to lie. But um, they're in a similar position to us. I don't think they have as much talent, but I do like their coach. And I feel like us and the Bills will be in the eight and eight range. Maybe one of us seven and nine, one of us nine and seven, one of us getting the wild card spot, maybe. And that's going to be a good rivalry this year. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, in my opinion, um, the. well, if you look at the um, AFC East standings, um, the Patriots are still on top. You cannot shake that not as long as Brady is still playing. And even if they lost Gronkowski, um, they're still atop the AFCs. East. Um, looking at the Dolphins, well, they're good teams, bad teams. Then comes a lot of crap. And then somewhere there are the Dolphins. So they're probably going to end up lost. Uh, <laughs> Goals and Jets, it really depends on how they play each other. I am a huge fan of Sean McDermott. Uh, he's a great coach, in my opinion. And he can be the X factor sort of that powers the Bills over us if we don't get the draft right. If we are able to fix one of our two big holes via draft um, and fix it, like really fix it, then I'm saying there is no discussion. We're in second place in the AFCs. Like as it is right now, the Bills are way too close to our heels to um, write them off.
0: Yeah, they've had some good additions this this off season, and I also think with the Pats is, I mean Brady. I think we can all give up on saying this is going to be his last season because every single season he comes back. I think the big factor is. Is Gronkowski going to be missed? Because no matter how much they try, they are never going to be able to find, at least in the short term, another tight end to the same caliber. And I think, think it a big
1: deal. Yeah. I think it'll cost them a couple of wins, but not affect them too much. Like, they'll probably, I feel like 10 and 6, 11 and 5, that's what they'll be this season. So a little fall off, but. It's Brady. They'll, they'll draft someone in the fourth, fifth round, and he'll get like a thousand yards and 20 touchdowns. So,
0: not even going to try and get my hopes up. It's so annoying, um, isn't it? Like, me as a five foot 11 Englishman who's never played American football in his life properly, I could probably go to the pats with Brady and Belichick and still be a, a Hall of Fame yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. You're
2: totally right. I mean, look at Chris Hogan. The guy never touched a football before he got drafted, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Turned into a real good wide receiver. But what people do not understand, even though this is maybe slightly off the topic, Patriots players only work in Patriots' system. And um, that's why I don't think Trey Flowers will be as successful anywhere else as he was in Mm -hmm. New England. I don't think Chris Hogan was a smart signing. Um, But what comes on the other side of the coin, sort of, for this is Balachik is able to transform people nobody else can do anything with into capable players. So I think they're probably really going to draft a tight end, I don't know, round four or round five. I can't see them jumping on TJ Hawkinson in the first round. And yeah. he has 500 yards. He will be productive. He won't be a superstar, but he will be productive. Of course, he won't be Rob Gronkowski because no one is Rob Rob Gronkowski. But um, still, um, they're going to find someone to take his place or to at least set his place until they can see a diamond in the rough. They can turn into the next Rob Gronkowski. They're probably going to lose two, three more games. I see them at 12-4, 11-5. But still, that Rob, Rob, Rob Gronkowski retiring is not, nothing that holds them back in the long term.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and on a similar topic, um, Ian, from the Fond podcast as well, has highlighted that some analysts in the NFL Rate the Jets this upcoming season as the 30th overall team in power mm. rankings. I mean, is that fair? I mean, what is the ceiling for the Jets this season? Uh, I mean, we, we should be used
1: to it by now. It's every year, so it's like, right, you go to the bottom. Um, I mean, uh, I give up of NFL analysis, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth. I mean, all that can do is hopefully motivate the players and just make them perform better. But at the end of the day, uh, being a Jets fan, I think you have to give up on looking at power rankings. Otherwise, you are going to get really annoyed.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's totally true. I mean, uh, one thing that comes with the Jets is that we always get ignored or we get disrespected. And uh, most of the time, it's ignored because, of course, AFC East means Patriots and the rest is probably garbage. Um, that's what everybody is thinking. And it's not that they don't rate us correctly, but they don't rate us at all. Do you remember when we signed Avery Williamson at the beginning of last year's free agency? No yeah. one actually cared. This dude had, I think, over 100 tackles or short of 100 tackles this season. Nobody, Jamal Adams, doesn't get nearly as much spotlight as a player that is, yeah, and him and on a superstar team. I mean, they just they just don't know us. They just don't know our players because they don't care and because they don't look into us. And that's why, especially Jets fans, when they want to have um, a good, um, uh, what's the word? Um, A good view on their team, they got to turn to their own writers and to their own um, spectators, sort of guys like Joe Caporoso or um, the or what's his name? Eric Allen, I think. Um, those yeah. are the guys, the only guys they really look into our roster and care.
0: Yeah. It's it's quite sad because I think it's I think it's the culture that's built around the Jets ever since the butt fumble and the kind of laughing stock almost image that has been created over the Jets. I mean, they are, they're just completely disrespected. And when you think yeah. about it, other than Jamal Adams, Sams Arnold and Le'Veon Bell there are not really any household names in that Jets team that other teams, other, other fans, let's say. no yeah. they There's only really them three, I'd say.
1: Mm, exactly. I
0: feel like it's just the same
1: with the whole of the AFC, AFC so East. Like, the same with the Bills. I think they're a decent team. They don't get any credit. It's just like AFC East, right, Patriots, done on that. On to the next one. Don't look into it enough.
0: Yeah. I mean the moral of this story is is that the Patriots are just absolutely annoying and should end their end their reign sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but focusing back on just the Jets now, uh Fred on Twitter has asked us after free agency, what position group at the Jets is now its biggest strength and its biggest weakness for the Jets?
1: I'd say inside linebackers are our biggest strength with Mosley and Avery Williamson. You've got Darren Lee still there. Who knows what's going to happen to him, whether he's traded or moved to outside linebacker, which I saw some reports of. But that's definitely the strongest point. I mean, you could argue safety. You could argue running back. But middle linebacker, because they're both v- veterans and that definitely helps. They're both 100-plus tackle seasons. They're just they're just solid you can trust them, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. If I if I would like Robbie Anderson, I'd probably say wide receivers, but I don't like him, so I'm gonna um, ride with Henry <laughs> in here and say inside linebackers because with CJ Mosley and Avery Williamson, you got two of the arguably top ten inside linebackers in the league, and um, of course, and both are. Just outstanding players and outstanding game managers. Uh, if you look at them, how they are playing, they are pushing the whole defense to another level. And those two and their skill set combined with Greg Williams' abil- abilities will be just will just be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the coin, the worst group we have. I was I wanted to say pass rush. But for me, it's actually the cornerbacks because okay. they are getting overlooked a little bit. This weakness is getting overlooked, and pass rush. I mean, we our pass rush may not be great, but it's okay. I mean, Jordan Jenkins on the one on one side, Brenda Copeland, Leonard Williams. They're okay. They're not. They're not good, um, but they're okay. Our cornerbacks behind Tremaine Johnson. Who is there? I mean, Brian, white well, card. Daryl Roberts, I think, was brought back, brought back when he last started. He gave up one bomb after another. Um, In my opinion, cornerback is the position group where you have to do the most Um, going forward.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And I think Jamal Adams being in that secondary group kind of gives everyone this full sense of security that yeah. you have a good secondary. Mm. But yeah, outside of Jermaine Johnson, who, I mean, we don't know what we're going to get from him this season. After looking at last season, there's not there's not very good corners on this team at all, really. Yeah, we missed
1: that. Uh, I'd still go for Edge. Oh, sorry, I, I'd still go for Edge. I'd say because I feel Tremaine Johnson's strength, and you can see this from his previous player, like few, uh, previous teams, is man to man. But the problem is we can't run that because we can't generate pressure from the outside quickly enough, and then like no one can stick in man-to-man for more than a certain period of time. So it's I think if we get edge, we generate that pressure quicker. Tremaine can play to his strengths, and we'll see more production.
0: Yeah, uh, see for me, I I do think that the largest weakness still remains the O line though, especially at the center position. I mean, we haven't really sorted mm. it out. That needs to be that needs to be someone drafted yeah.
2: in the in the draft who can help I, that. I actually disagree uh, with that one. Like I can I can ride with the edge, uh, but O-line is in my opinion nowhere near the greatest weakness because um, we do have a we do have a problem at center. That's right, but our guards are Brian Winters and Kalechi Osemeli. They're Good. They are good guards in this league. Our tackles, you don't know. Brandon Schett is a wild card. I, I'll admit that. But Calvin Beecham is still a capable starter in this league. So we actually, we don't have an O-line problem. We have a center problem. And as soon as we get a good center, I'm thinking about Eric McCoy maybe, um, or Elston Jenkins. As soon as we get a good center, I think the O-line problem won't be there anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is a fair that is a fair take. I mean, Assembly was a very big addition. I just still am not convinced with mm. the whole O line as a, as a whole. I mean, Shell again, he's shown glimpses. I think the whole O line from last year, the players that we carry on, they're shown glimpses. They're not they're not consistently good O linemen They can be great or they can be awful. And I think maybe that's a coaching problem. But as soon as, yeah, I think as soon as we do get a centre, along with Osemi, I think it will be largely sorted, but definitely still room for improvement.
1: Well, yeah, this season will definitely show us that, though, because with the coaching thing, we got, um, I'm not sure of his name, but we got the Colts O-line uh, coach. Frank. And you saw what he did over there. Yeah, there you go. We saw we saw what he did over there. So I feel like, obviously, this is his first season. So we can see if he can actually improve our players. That much yeah. as well.
0: So so going on to the final question to end the show guys and let's have a bit of positivity. Um, Jacob from the podcast as well actually has asked us, other than Sam Darnold, who would be the easy answer, who'll be the biggest breakout player for the Jets this season. Oh that's hard.
1: It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. I'll go with Chris Hunt. okay That's mine because simply because Fourth round pick last year put up very good numbers, and that was his first season. Not only was that his first season, it was Darnold's first season. Also, our running game was awful. So basically, not only is him and Darnold going to get better as it's their second years, our whole our whole offense is better. They have to focus on the running game more, and uh, hopefully that should give him opportunity to just destroy. Yeah,
2: um, I'm. i it, It's close actually. I was. Um, I was thinking about Herndon as well, but I, I'll say uh, Jordan Jenkins because right now he's decent. like He's doing his job. Um, he's always flying under the radar a little bit. But I think in this season he'll actually be able to get to the quarter, quarterback on a more consistent level and become a real breakout player.
0: Yeah. And actually, I think for me, I'm going to go with what Ian wants us all to say because he's going to get this player on the back of his jersey. Mm. But I think Tremaine Johnson <laughs> can be a massive, massive breakout this season, because he was a top player at the Rams, and everyone was excited when they yeah. signed him last season. He underwhelmed everyone this season, but he's, worked with, like, he's working with Greg Williams, alongside what should be a better defence. I'm, ho- I'm hoping to see him kind of make his statement as a top cornerback in the league again
1: exactly it'll be like a new signing if he um because he used to play under Greg Williams at the Rams so it'll be like another new signing almost if he can live up to the expectations
0: that we had for him yeah going back to john's point though i mean that if the cornerback group isn't isn't great well it's far from great still come the season i mean can we expect a lot from him because you can't carry that secondary him and jamal adams on their own so
1: well, he can. He can. you can focus on him doing his job and that's about that because you can focus on what he's in him in one-on-one man coverage or how he's playing in zone. But obviously, yeah, you can't blame him for other defenders getting burnt or making mistakes because he can't do anything about that.
2: Uh, may I add one last question to the podcast? Go for it. Um, do you think Leonard Williams will get paid?
0: Ah,
1: uh, I think he will.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I'd say five years in the ten to twelve million pound range. As long as he doesn't completely bluff this season, as long as he has a decent season, I reckon he'll get about ten to twelve million. A year.
0: I, see, I think not only does it depend on how he plays this season, but I also think it depends on who we draft this season. Because if we draft Quinn and Williams, then Leonard Williams mm. kind of becomes. He kind of realizes that. Hold on, he's not—he's expendable. He can be lost, and we don't have to pay him. And we probably can find a replacement, or can stick with Quinn and Williams, who will just be as good, if not better.
1: Or we could stick with both and have the destructive duo—the
0: <laughs> Williams duo.
1: But who knows? Exactly, those those two together would be. Well, it should be, they should be destructive. But
0: you never know in this league yeah and and the the reports coming out <laughs> lately have been that Quinn and Williams won't even go past pick number two with for forty ers so i mean we'll, we'll have all these rumors off until the draft have exactly. so we'll only two more weeks exactly but it's been great talking with you guys, and thank you for listening. Um, everybody yep. tune in to the next podcast where we have fifteen general managers having a two round mock draft, and we'll be running through that but John and. Henry, for now, thank you. Goodbye. You Happy Easter, Happy everyone.
2: Bye. Was an honour. Thanks.
0: Thanks for coming on, John. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.